P-S-N-Y. You have one instance of losing an entire episode because of faulty Wi-Fi. That's it. I mean, I'll never trust Wi-Fi again. It's just, I feel like this immense pressure on my chest every time we start this video call. And if I ever, like, if there's ever a lag or anything, or like you kind of, like you're freezing in and out of speeches, I freak out. I'm like, oh God, we lost the entire thing. This is a disaster. We have to do this whole thing over again. I might look like I'm freezing at some point just because, and I'll let you know, I don't have COVID, but my allergies are really bad. And one side of my nose is just like super stuffed up. Oh no. I'm just making sure everyone knows, but I don't have COVID. I tested negative. So we're good. That's fantastic. It's a big threat, especially right now with uh, the Yankees. And I don't know if you saw the NBA thing, like, the NBA playoffs haven't even started yet, and they have people breaking the bubble. Like some some girl tweeted out last week, like, yeah, I already got invited to the NBA bubble. The season is not starting. And someone just – they have to – another guy has to quarantine for eight more days because he got food delivered to the bubble. I was like, how, like, how stupid can you be? It's the bubble. It's the whole thing everyone's talking about is you cannot leave this area until the playoffs are done. And it's like, nah, I need that Postmates, though. Uh, it is, it's going to be so, so tough for every single league. And the weird thing is, like, it's not going to change anytime soon. This is something that none of us have ever experienced before. It is something totally unprecedented. And just freaking, we say this every week, we're going to do it again. Wear your masks for the love of God. Okay? Just for do real. it. Be like Clint. Yeah, yo, Clint Frazier, the hero we didn't realize we needed because, yeah. you know, obviously we like to poke fun at him like Clint Frazier, you know, not not the greatest fielder, but could be also because of concussion issues. So, hey, fair, we got to give fair. him a, We're all a over that. opportunity. But the fact that he's been wearing his mask during all these games and basically coming out and saying that, you know what, I'm wearing this mask because I want to show people how easy it is to wear a mask in public like you're being asked to is just phenomenal. I'm just so proud of him for using his platform and his name to really put that kind of thing out there. Absolutely. He's turning into mask styles too. He's like, I don't know, maybe I want to go surgical. Maybe I want to go like neck covering, like who knows? Any Clint Frazier can do anything. He knows how to make a statement. I mean, listen, maybe if he, you know, decides that baseball is not the route for him, he could go into mask making. Like, he would do it. Of official mask spokesperson. It's a job that will hopefully only be relevant for like six more months, ideally. Yeah. But yeah, no, all that NBA stuff just made me like super nervous because the MLB is not going into a bubble. They're like traveling from city to city. How are we going to stop people? Like they said, the players have to police themselves, but like, I don't know. I'm pretty nervous about that. I mean, do you really trust all these players to police themselves? Obviously you've got players like Clint Frazier out there who are really, you know, and maybe, maybe Clint has something like going on in his own family where he understands like people have, um, you know, weakened immune systems and things like that and kind of gets that. But 
some of these guys are just kind of like, yeah, like we said before, I'm not going to be getting sick or if I get sick, I don't really care because it's not really going to affect me. So it's, yeah, it's going to be weird. And Aroldis Chapman was just, uh, well, he was confirmed a positive case as well this weekend, which was a, a shocker there as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's going to continue. There's no way around it. I just, I just hope we never hit the point where so many players get coronavirus. They're like, all right, we kind of have to shut this down now. I honestly, I don't think they will, but I also kind of think they really will. I, I think it's definitely a legitimate concern to have. And that's why I got so worried when they basically said, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. This is when we're going to come back. Because we all know that people are starting to get the virus. People are, you know, the Braves, one of their teams, they are the ones that are having players opt out too, because they are afraid of it. Um, you know, when does it get to the point where finally you're just like, it's not worth it? No, Even absolutely. Want to watch, I would love to watch baseball, but at the expense of my favorite players and people I enjoy watching and their family and friends at home, Garrett Cole and his newborn baby, you know, all of that at what point do you sit there and say it's just not worth it absolutely you got to remember that these are people not just ball players uh stepping off to a relevant point that has nothing to do with depressing coronavirus did you see how good amy cole looks two weeks after having a baby you know what i've noticed this from multiple people who have just had children um i don't know how familiar you are with uh football in general but a former Dallas Cowboys player, uh, Ryan Switzer, he and his wife just had a baby. And really funny because the, it was supposed to be a baby girl. They told her it was a baby girl. She had the baby. It's a boy. What? You know, whatever. Anyway. That's a surprise. Gabby Switzer, his wife, um, literally a week after she had the baby, was like back to her post-baby body i was like are you kidding me and now seeing like amy cole and now it gives me hope for the future because i'm like if i ever have a child if i just do what these women do maybe it's because they're married to athletes that would be great wink wink um that would be at clint, at clint. <laughs> health conscious health conscious good guy nice hair but really if i could literally get back to that like I got to learn from these ladies. They know what they're doing. That's phenomenal. She looks fabulous. Unbelievable. I'm a huge fan of the Coles now. They're going to be the new Sabathias where it's just like, yeah, like the easiest way to like get to know Garrett Cole is just hang around Amy. Like Amy clearly runs everything in the entire world. Like she's in charge. She's going to be the new Amber Sabathia. Not that Amber Sabathia is going anywhere because she's going to be part of the Yankees family forever. And we love Amber. So... <sighs> I love her every second of every day she showed up on like the the feeds and like my Instagram account and stuff like that just so perfect like she had bedazzled jersey she was always organizing stuff for the uh for the wags there I just loved it I am a big fan of baseball wags wives and girlfriends because you know what a lot of times they are such powerful women in their own right like former softball players and activists and things like that. And I just love seeing that because it's just like, they're not just the wife and girlfriend. They are literally their own individual people and they are amazing. The Yankees have the best team wives. 
Absolutely. Strong agree. Um, all right. Let's transition back into actual baseball. Uh, we'll start with maybe Zach Britton, the new closer, now that Araldis Chapman's going down with coronavirus. Well, Zach Britton has experienced closing, except in the postseason. Oh, ah! Wow. Okay. <laughs> Had to do it to him. Um, because, you know, they didn't put him in the game. But anyway, yes, I agree with that. I think it's a good move. Um, the question I have, though, is if he is going to be closing, are they going to test out that five-man infield? I don't think they will because that's ridiculous to do in the ninth inning. That's Yeah, that's where I was going with this. They tested it out a little bit in an inter-squad game, I think, yesterday. Um, but like, oh, this situation would have to be so perfect to actually use that in a game. Like, I don't even know. Maybe oh, it might have to be only on, like, the third out. Because if you get a little donkey single into right field and nobody's over in right field, like that's a single and now it's a triple. Now you're looking at a guy on third base and you got no outs. Maybe it's only with two outs. Maybe it's only when Tyler Wade is in the outfield because he has infield experience. Obviously, he's a shortstop. Um, I mean, I just – I don't know. I would love to see it, though, in action. Like I want to see it work one time and then I never want to do it again. You know, I'm having a very hard time with this because I don't feel like there's any point necessary if Zach Britton is the closer. So if he's coming in in the ninth inning and his job is specifically to close out the game, I don't see how you could do that. It gives them so many opportunities. Obviously, his pitches are, um, you know, the way he pitches makes for the ground balls, hence why they want to do the five-man infield. But I just, mm, I'm having flashbacks of like Luis Gonzalez and like those crappy little hits that just go over the infield because then you're setting it up you're putting runners on it's just it's too much of a risk for me in the ninth inning in the eighth inning when you have an opportunity to come back up and you know maybe get the lead before you bring in your real closer sure fine I don't think the five-man infield really has any place for Zach Britton right now if he's going to be the closer no, and just from an actual baseball standpoint, I'm pretty comfortable with Britain as the closer. Obviously, the Yankees have the best bullpen in baseball. I don't think that's even remotely questionable. Um, so if you're looking at Britain in the closer spot, maybe Tommy Canely, Chad Green, and Adam Adovino leading up to that, I mean, that's a pretty solid crew. I would love to have Dellen in there. I'd love to have Dellen still be the eighth inning guy. Uh, I'm still not used to seeing him pitch in a Mets uniform. It makes me really uncomfortable. It makes me really sad. Uh, it also makes me really sad whenever I see Matt Duffy on the field because he took number 18. Just a little too soon for me. Just a little too soon. I know. There's there's a lot going on right now, and I feel like it, emotionally I'm having a hard time handling it. I'm also like – I'm kind of shocked we're so close to opening day. Like, it felt like it's never going to happen. Like, we're in single digits. We're, like, oh almost God. there. It is literally next week. Like, ah, <laughs> it's next week. I feel like it's on Thursday. I feel like there's, like, this immense pressure on me. Like, when this podcast drops, we'll be one week away from opening day. And I feel this immense pressure pressure it's just weighing down on my shoulders i don't have anything to do with it all i have to do is write about it and talk about it that's literally nothing but i still feel like super nervous oh exactly it is i was just looking at this the other day because i was like oh what day is it ha ha oh my gosh july 23rd is the day like i feel like we're just kind of right now just 
I'm going to use a great word here. We're just lollygagging around. Like lollygagging. That's Classic. Bull Durham. That's Bull Durham. Classic. Our favorite. Um, you lollygag around the infield. You lollygag to first base. What does that make you? <laughs> I just feel like that's what's happening is we're just kind of like, oh, yay, baseball's back in some capacity. I don't think we're, we're not ready. We're not ready for this. Like, is anyone going to be ready for this? Because I am emotionally, physically, and mentally not ready for this. I mean, I spent all summer just preparing myself to be let down. Like, I didn't allow myself to accept the reality that baseball might actually happen. It's just that little window of hope. It was just, it was too much for me. It was too much. Yeah. Um, having, yeah, having that much hope, especially with everything going on was, was definitely not a great idea. And we still don't know what's going to happen, whether the entire 60 game season is going to happen, if it's going to be cut short, what the deal is there. But I mean, next Thursday, we are going to have actual baseball. So I have to figure out between now and then how I can get Yankees baseball on my TV, because Mm -hmm. I know it's not going to be on the Yes Network for the first night because obviously prime time, you know, there. Yeah, what a matchup, Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer. Ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Ah, what a way to start the season. I mean, I'd kill for that matchup in just some random regular season game, but like opening day after everything we've been through, this is just, it's perfect. It's perfect. They're trying to like make all of our hearts just stop. That's it. That's what they want to do to us. Garrett Cole looks, oh, he looks so fantastic. Everything he does is like the most intense thing of all time. I could just watch him pitch for days. Like if anybody just compiled a 48 hour video of Garrett Cole pitching and like reacting to his own pitches, I would just sit down and watch the whole thing. I'd take off from work. I'd take two sick days and I work from home. It's impossible to take a sick day right now. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I I love watching Garrett Cole on the mound in all of these inner squad games. It's just like we talked about last week, the energy that he brings to it, the intensity is just phenomenal. And it really makes me excited to see him actually pitch in a meaningful game for the Yankees. Absolutely. And him and Garrett, uh, him and Gary Sanchez look fantastic together. They I didn't even notice that they were like they're brand new pitching partners. So it's natural to expect that, hey, there's going to be a little bit of shaking off. There's going to be a little, here's what I want to do here. Here's what I want to do there. I haven't seen any of that. I've just seen Gary throw down a sign and Garrett Cole be like, yep, that's what I want. Let's do it. Right, exactly. Um, I'm looking up a tweet because I was was trying to find a tweet the other day where I was talking about Masahiro Tanaka. This was a long time ago. And I found something about... Ah, okay. I'm going to call myself out right now. Oh, no. December 15th, 2017, Allison Case, a.k.a. That NYY Chick, says, does someone want to give me a rundown of the fascination of with Garrett Cole? I know a bad season can't dictate much, but dot, Ooh. dot, dot. Ooh, I was Ooh. not nice to Garrett I'm gonna Cole. I'm going to be honest. I was in the same boat. I was very openly like, no, I don't want to trade Clinton and Duhar for this guy. But – Let's give ourselves a little bit of credit here. Garrett Cole with the Pirates was not Garrett Cole with the Astros. When he, he stepped into an organization that really knew how to unlock his skills, the Pirates didn't. So he was pitching to four and above ERAs in Pittsburgh. And then he goes to Houston and they say, hey, that sinker that you keep throwing, it's pretty shitty. Maybe throw four-seam fastballs high instead. And he was like, oh, well, I get way more people out now. That's great. Good idea. 
So yes, when the Yankees were were salivating over Garrett Cole back in 2017, I was not a fan. I was not on the Cole train. Um, now that I've seen him in Yankee Stadium working with Gary Sanchez and really trying to perfect his craft, I'm just like, okay, 2017 Allison was an idiot, but maybe not as much of an idiot as I originally thought. Thank you for defending 2017 Allison. Of course. Listen, we're not, we're not scouts. We can't look at Garrett Cole and say, okay, yeah, he's going to be the most dominant pitcher in major league baseball in a couple of years. So yeah, let's give up Clinton and Duhar. Who cares? Those guys are right on the cusp and they're ready. And let's also be honest, Clinton and Duhar are good players. Andujar was the should have been rookie of the year in 2018, except they gave it to Shohei Otani, who I used to hate, but I'm now coming around on. Uh, I'm I still hold a grudge that he didn't even want to take a meeting with the Yankees. That really yes. rubbed me the wrong way. But now that I actually watch him hit dingers and throw 100 miles per hour, I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. Okay, yeah, I, I could watch this. this yeah, it's, it's okay. It's interesting, yeah, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. But yes. Um, so I found that tweet the other day and I kind of had to share it because I was like, Oh, I feel bad. I feel bad. Bad Allison. You want to, you want to see something even worse. It doesn't have anything to do with either one of us, but Lindsay Adler earlier retweeted a Yankees PR tweet from 2016. Uh, the Yankees have acquired right-handed pitcher Adam Warren, shortstop Glaber Torres and outfielders, Billy McKinney and Rashad Crawford from Cubs for Araldis Chapman. And every single reply is disaster. Stick a fork in this franchise. Fire Cashman. We just gave up the best closer ever. What the fuck? How did that work out? How did that work out? Literally, you knew as soon as it happened that the Yankees were sending him for a half-season rental. They were like, okay, we don't have a chance. We really don't. So let's send over our closer because the Cubs desperately need a closer and they're willing to do whatever they can to get him and lo and behold they got chapman back absolutely i didn't i didn't know if we were in it to get chapman back honestly but it was pretty safe to assume glaber torres was the top prospect in all of baseball so it's not like we're just giving chapman away for spare pieces this is like we're going to give you this guy who's a free agent and we have a lot of money so we're probably going to be able to re-sign him anyway we want maybe the best player ever now, did you hear the story that um, Torres told on R2C2 about him getting traded? Um, I think so. If it has to do with him finding out on Twitter instead of from his team. Yeah. And okay, so then yeah. he like, he personally like called Aroldis Chapman and he's like, hello, is this true? <laughs> <laughs> and Chapman's like, yup. And he goes, oh, okay. And like, I've never heard that before. A prospect calls the person, the star yeah. player that just got traded. Yeah. And he's like, hey, hey, Mr. Chapman, um, I'm Glaber Torres. You probably don't know me. I'm only in double A. Uh, is it true that we just got traded for each other? Yeah, so apparently that's what happened, which honestly is probably the funniest story he's ever told on that podcast. And he's told a lot of funny stories, like sitting in, like not being able, well, I guess it's not as funny, but like not being able to order food because he couldn't necessarily speak English. So he's still learning the language and he's like, I don't know how to order food. So he's sitting there like, I'm just going to be hungry for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Gulliver Torres is just, he is maybe the most adorable human on earth. Uh, yes. Everything and our, he does we, is just, just <laughs> For today is obs about Gulliver Torres because Gulliver Torres just, he, he loves the camera. And guess what? The camera loves him. 
So every time we see Gleyber Torres do something adorable to the camera, we obviously have to gif it, and we obviously have to put it every single place on Yankees Twitter. Absolutely. Gleyber Torres is by far the most gifable player in Major League Baseball. Without a doubt, there is nobody else. He's just adorable. And just, I love watching the dynamic um, with him and Gio Urshela, just because the two of them, I don't know, man, they're just, they're cute. But then I also realized that he has a great relationship with Miguel Andujar and having Andujar back, you know, is, is really adorable as well. He is just an adorable human being. He is a little teddy bear. Yeah, uh, that kind of makes me wish that Luis Severino didn't have to get Tommy John because I think this was going to be the year where we really dove into the Luis Severino, Masahiro Tanaka best friendship. And that was like, I I mean, I had no idea they were best friends until coming into this season. And I was like, this is what I'm looking out for. Every time they're not on the mound, I'm just going to be like, every time the camera pans over the dugout, what are Masa and Luis doing? Are they just hanging out? Are they joking around? Are they doing the, the dugout thing where you put gum on somebody's hat? Like, just joshing. Just joshing around. Oh, that's the thing I think I miss the most is the dugout shenanigans. Like, Yeah, the one probably, thing we're not going to get this year. I know. Like, throwing sunflower seeds at CeCe while he's on an interview and, like, you know CeCe's <laughs> pissed. Like, he's mad. <laughs> But he's like smiling. He's like, oh, ha ha. And then later, you know, he's going up to Glaber and he's like, yo, Glaber, yeah, let's not do that again. Um, and like the whole thing with like, you know who the best at dugout antics was? Freaking Starlin Castro. I Starlin loved Starlin Castro. Castro. Was phenomenal in the dugout. I recall when he helped capture that praying mantis in, I believe it was Oakland. It like, landed on someone and then they him and Luis Severino like made a little cup home for him and they like sat it there and they watched him for like innings not just you know a couple minutes innings yeah this game is not important anymore this thing going on around us no like we're parents now right exactly exactly they they made him a little home they made sure he was comfortable they didn't try and kill him they didn't try and swat him away they were like you know what welcome to the dugout let's who would ever do that no no one on the yankees experience no uh, one on the yankees would ever do that i mean i think brett gardner might you know he, he no. doesn't have time for that brett gardner would pick it up and like put it on booney's shoulder and just not tell him just be like leave the praying mantis on boone's shoulder let's see how long it takes for him to notice I'm trying to look up the picture of Severino and Castro because it is so good. Uh, oh, did you also see that Tommy Canely completely hijacked uh, Mike Talkman's commercial? I did see that. Um, yup. That commercial was, you know, that commercial was definitely pretty lame, but it was also funny because of course we love talking about Mike Talkman. The fact that Tommy Canely came in to save the day was just phenomenal yeah it was it was not funny until tommy canely came in before that it was like oh he made a joke about not wanting red socks like that wasn't right in front of us all along and then tommy canely with the sock puppet i I hate sock puppets by the way josh keeps sending me uh gifts of sock puppets every time talkman does anything they're scary they look weird they do look weird yes absolutely um but yeah no the the tommy canely part was phenomenal (laughs) Uh, I'm praying mantis, praying mantis. Okay. Yep. Here it is. September 11th, 2017. Yep. There it was. Uh, Found the praying mantis. Found the praying mantis. So cute. I love it. I was so sad when Starling got traded. I liked him a lot. He was the opposite of what the Yankees wanted. He was just, uh, he was a swing away at all costs kind of hitter, but he was a lot of fun. 
for sure. And he, I mean, he had a great first half of his season, especially in 2017. Like I was uh, rewatching one of the games where the Yankees came back against the, uh, the Orioles early in the season. Um, I definitely enjoyed that game. And I saw that Starlin Castro, he hit the game tying home run, I believe from his knees. I remember that one. one. That was a huge comeback too. That was like what? Nine runs. Yeah, it was like come back from and Jacoby Ellsbury actually did something like what the fuck? It's so weird to watch old games, even from like 2018 and see that like to see that Jacoby Ellsbury was starting in these games. And you're like, why? (laughs) How? But Aaron Hicks is right there. I know. I know. Listen, I get it. So, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely definitely entertaining to watch Castro. I certainly enjoyed watching him on the Yankees and I know that when they got rid of him they got Stanton which you know was great but I still miss him absolutely and that also segues me into my worst take of all time you did yours earlier now we're going to do mine uh in 2017 when Aaron Hicks and Aaron Judge were battling it out for the center field spot I very openly said Aaron Hicks should get it I don't think this judge guy is going to be good just yet he just needs a little bit more. Oh, how did you do that? You see my face? I don't see my face anymore. Hello. I'm still here. <laughs> I see the praying mantis. That's awesome. Hi. That's my head moving. How did you do that? Is this Zoom? <laughs> <laughs> I can still see it. It's still there. Technology, man. <laughs> That's amazing. I had to do it. I had to because we were discussing it. So therefore, there <laughs> it is. I'm going to go back to myself. Sorry, <laughs> didn't mean Fantastic. to scare you. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. That was, a, that was a big shock. I didn't know you could do that on Zoom. I also didn't know that you could just queue up a picture of a praying mantis so quickly. Are you kidding me? I found it, saved it, and then did the virtual background. <laughs> Fair. Okay, let's talk about some actual baseball because we haven't done any of that really yet. Uh, Aaron Judge so- played today, homered in his first at-bat. Obviously, he's fine. I mean, listen, everyone always, always, always worries. And I admit I was a little concerned too, because stiff neck, come on, man. Like, are you kidding me? It's just. Mm. Stiff neck is something that I get at, like, I'm out of shape. So I get that if I sleep wrong and like, I can't turn my head one way. Like Aaron judge is an elite athlete. He should be able to sleep wrong and not have a stiff neck in the morning. And then the Yankees should be able to fix it immediately if he does. So I was also a little bit worried that he was going to miss opening day. But, I mean, he looks great. He homered today off Paxton. Also Stanton homered today off Paxton. The hitters are finally catching up to the pitchers a little bit. Yeah, and, I mean, Aaron Judge's homer was just straightaway center. So that's always a great thing to see to see that power come back into play. Um, and then, of course, having Stanton do that as well, that is – Certainly a phenomenal thing to see early on. And with basically a week left until opening day, that's exactly what you want to see. This is when you want to see hitters starting to pick it up. Absolutely. And Masahiro Tanaka is planning on throwing a bullpen this week. Uh, I think, oh, actually tomorrow. So when you hear this, Masahiro Tanaka will be preparing for his bullpen session after that super scary incident with Giancarlo Stanton, where we discovered that Masahiro Tanaka is actually a superhero. Yeah, for sure. And I'm so glad he's okay. I know that he threw a little bit last week, um, which honestly, from from the instance and, you know, seeing the video over and over again, it looked so, so much worse. So 
we can be super thankful. Maybe someone's looking out for the Yankees this year. Um, I think that could be angels in the outfield right there. You know what? The universe owes us after last year. Exactly. I know. I mean, I know the Yankees were fine last year, still won 100 games. All these guys, like, proved that they're actually good players, like Gio Urshela. And we still are owed a full season of health. Well, let's be real, though. Um, We are still owed a lot from back in 2017 as well. So maybe this is baseball karma finally working its way. Absolutely. But you know, if the Yankees win this year, it's going to be, oh, it's not a real championship. Let's get this out of the way real quick. Absolutely. It's a real championship. It's not like the Yankees are playing in a different season than everybody else. Everybody's competing under the same rules. If they win the championship, they are the champions. If somebody else wins, they will be the champions. You're not going to see me if the Mets win. I'm not going to be texting all my family members being like, oh, well, it doesn't really count. No, you won fair and square. I think the problem with this season is really anyone who wins, there's going to be some sort of response that's going to be like, well, it doesn't really count. So like, say, just say, if the Orioles won, per se, not going to happen, but let's, let's say that there are going to be a lot of people out there who are just going to be like, yeah, well, if it was a 162 game season, they wouldn't have won, which, yeah, that is true. So there's going to be a lot of naysayers out there, regardless of who wins. But if the Yankees do win, they are going to get it the worst. Yeah, by far, because everyone want, everyone loves to hate on the Yankees. And it's just, yeah. we happen to choose the best team in Major League history. We happen to be fans of them. It's not our fault that other teams aren't as good. It's just, it is what it is. Step up your game. I mean, seriously. I also saw today the infielders have to do push-ups when they boot a ground ball, like Willie Mays Hayes. I think Brian Hoke said that. Now I'm wondering who booted the ground ball though. Ooh, it matters. It really does matter because it does though. If it was Miguel Andujar, I want to know that. You never want to be the reason that your team has to do calisthenics. Like you never want to be, we used to do, um, we used to do 27 outs, which would be, you just, the coach hits it out. It hits fly ball, fly ball, fly ball, grounder, 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 around. And if anybody doesn't make an out, you have to start over all the way from zero. So you never want to be that guy who gets to like 22, 23, 24, and then you boot a ground ball. Like your teammates will rip on you for the rest of eternity. Oh yeah. I could see that. Nobody ever wants to be the reason we used to do that in, um, in basketball. So we would be required to hit all of our free throws. And if someone missed, we'd have to run suicides. So like, that's how we would end practice. So basically each person had to go up there to make five free throws in a row. If they didn't suicide and then start over. And it was just like, it was chaos. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's very effective, but if you happen to be the person at the end of the practice, it was like, we're almost there. We almost get to go home. And then you miss one. Then you just feel like shit. Right. You're you're the bad guy. You're the bad guy. Exactly. So I do have a question in terms of like rostering and things like that. Um, So kind of looking towards opening day, um, we've, we've seen that Tyler Wade has always been kind of, you know, up there with the Yankees speedster, really good fielder, not as great with the bat. What are we thinking about Estrada? Is he going to get his opportunity? Is he going to be that, you know, extra infielder that they have? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Um, not because of anything wrong with Estrada, but more 
more like I think he may make the roster, but I doubt he ever plays because there's no room to mess around this year. There's no, all right, like, let's get some guys a day off. Like, you're not really going to have too many of those games where you have an entire infield taking off. And I don't think Tyro Estrada is going to be the first person off the bench for the infield. I think it's probably going to be Tyler Wade. So when you do have to get someone a day off, I just, I don't see Tyro Estrada being the guy. Maybe, maybe in the later innings and extra innings, he gets called on to be the bunt guy or says, maybe he lays one down. Maybe he also beats it out though. Cause he is pretty fast. So you pinch run Tyler Wade on second base and you say, okay, Tyro just, Bunt it down the first baseline. See if you can get there. Yeah, that's true, too. And then can you imagine having Estrada and Tyler Wade on the corners? Yeah, I mean, that's just speed for days. But I don't, I don't see a situation where Tyro Estrada has ever taken a real hack. Save for injuries. Good call, good call. Which, which you know, that's, yeah. that's obviously no, a possibility was, with the Yankees. Well, sure. Yeah, no, I was just thinking about that. So I was trying to, trying to figure out where, where your thoughts were regarding that. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's just going to be a weird year. It's with the travel squad, the thirty man squad, and then it goes down to twenty six. And it's like I just, I really don't know how it's going to shake out. How do you, how do you balance the need to have all of your best players playing every day with the secondary need that you also kind of want to get the young guys a little bit of experience because there's no minor league season. You want them with the club practicing. Like right. Clark, Clark Smith is a guy I would assume is going to be with the club most of the season. Uh, maybe he gets a bullpen role. I don't know. Uh, he's not really built up too high as far as pitches go. I think his last outing, he only threw like 45 pitches. So maybe he's the back end of an opener situation. Um, Chad Green with the high fastball and going to Clark Schmidt with that low, nasty curveball. Like, that'd be a pretty good combo. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, I know we've talked a little bit before about the extra inning rule, um, and it seems that we have several people that are speaking out against it, including Adam Montavino, Chad Green, and Jordan Montgomery. My guy, Jordan Montgomery. I love Jordan Montgomery. I know. Did you know Jordan Montgomery has the highest release point in baseball? Seven feet. It's 6.98. I'm going to round up. But he releases the ball seven feet above the ground. Which is just absurd. Really? Huh. Um, so, question. How, how did you figure that out? What, what? Oh, I saw it in a tweet. And obviously, I believed it because everything on Twitter is true. Everyone knows that. Well, for sure. Yeah. No, I would, I would definitely believe it if I saw it too. But, yeah. I mean, these, uh, these bullpen guys, they really don't like the new rule. And, you know, we, we don't really like it either. No, that's because they're the ones who are going to get blamed for this. I mean, Jordan Montgomery, like nice for you to speak out on it, but it doesn't really affect you all too much. Maybe you'll lose a win for it, but who really cares about win-loss records in 2020? Like if you're still judging pitchers by their win-loss record, you just don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Chad Green and Adam Adovino, like those are two guys who you could very well see come into the game in the 10th, 11th, 12th inning and give up a bloop single and lose the game. And sure, that's not going to go on their record. Their ERA is not going up. But, I mean, do you think everybody in the stadium is not going to boo the shit out of them? They're the ones that are going to get blamed for it. It's not their fault they started in trouble. The league was just like, hey, we have this dumb rule. Let's use it. I mean, here's the funny part, too. So I'm reading this, um, this article from the New York Post basically going over the different quotes that these players said regarding this new rule. 
So Adam Adovino said, quote, it's not real baseball. You get used to it, but I don't particularly like having a runner out there that I haven't earned. Fact. Understandable, right? Chad Green says, quote, I'm not a fan of it. Which, listen, this is hilarious because his quote is like a full entire paragraph of like seven sentences when he is the quietest man. On yeah, the I didn't even know Chad Green could put seven sentences together. Damn. Chad Green is pissed. All right. He's also gunning for his Oscar. So. Um, he says, quote, I'm not a fan of it because who wants to pitch with a runner on second and no out in an extra inning game? It's not something you necessarily look forward to when you are about to run out there. I think I heard Otto say he would like people to earn it to get on second, and I kind of echo that. It's not something I enjoyed, unquote. So Chad Green, also pissed. Jordan Montgomery, quote, horrible, unquote. Yeah, That's fair. it. That's fair. Fair. <laughs> But it said they also he also doesn't have to worry about it because he's primarily a starter. So he's really not going to be in the bullpen. I will say there is there is one side to it that I'm slightly excited to see. Um, in college football, you know, when they go into overtime, it's you get a chance to score, they get a chance to score, and you can just go back and forth forever. There was one game a few years ago that I had bet on, so I had a very serious interest. I think it was like Alabama and Auburn, and they just kept scoring touchdowns every single time, and they ran the score up to like 77-77, and I had bet the over, so I was fine with that. But it was just like so much fun to watch them just go back and forth and back and forth. That would be kind of interesting to see that every every team in extra innings just scores one run, and then the home team comes up, they score one run. And by the time you get to, like, the 16th inning, it's like, all right, let's just end this rule. Next homer wins. Right. So, yeah, that's what I was wondering. If that does end up happening, you know, are they going to put a cap on it? Like, is there – or are they just going to go for, you know, 26 innings, 18 innings, 19 innings, whatever they're going to do? Like, are they just going to keep going? Because if they are, like – you know what? Ooh, yes. The MLB players can make a statement. One run every inning. Just keep doing it. Just keep going all night long. Just do it. I think one game they should do that just to show how ridiculous it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember what the exact numbers are, but I know I think it's like 10% of games go into the 12th inning. That's really not a lot of games. Right. Like, a lot of games go into extra innings, but not too many actually reach the 12th. So are we really going to add this rule just so that we don't have to play two extra innings? Like, who is that really helping? The answer is right. nobody. Right. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. But, yes, this extra innings rule, we've, we've discussed it so much. It sucks. Obviously, people are basically telling us that it does suck. And these are people that are playing and doing it. So... I'm just, I'm done. Yeah, our okay. thoughts are clear on it. The players' thoughts are clear on it. Everybody hates it. I haven't seen one person come out in support of this rule. Everyone hates it. Let's Agreed. move on. Agreed. So um, another thing I just wanted to mention is obviously Tanaka is, is working his way back. But honestly, the majority of the pitchers that we've seen from the Yankees have been on point, looking really good, especially some of the younger guys too, like Debbie Garcia. He looked phenomenal the other night. Yeah, he didn't throw too many pitches, so I could see him kind of sliding into a bullpen role too, which would be awesome because he has some truly electric stuff. And you kind of have to when you're only 5'9". Like, you have to have some special rotation on the ball just to get outs. Right. 
And the other thing is Jordan Montgomery, uh, one of your faves. I mean, apparently he was looking, according to multiple sources, was looking kind of like a vintage Andy Pettit the other night when he was pitching. Oh, I love that. Say it yeah. again. Say it again. I love that. Vintage Andy Pettit. Let's go. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he was looking great. Obviously, we love the lefty arm. Um you know, and with the uncertainty surrounding Tanaka and also uncertainty, you always have to be a little uncertain about James Paxton because of his injury history. Um, it didn't you know, look particularly it, great today. Yeah, yeah. Well, he gave up two home runs to – you know, you can't really blame him. Those are two really, really good hitters. But at the same time, you know, first inning struggles, not exactly what you want to see when you're a week away from the season. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll be fine. He's just got to dial it in still. I think this is the first time he's actually pitched one of these inter-squad games. Is that right? Because yeah, I, I, just, mm-hmm. I just noticed today, I haven't actually seen Paxton throw. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so, yeah, the, the primary pitchers that they've had during these inter-squad games are some of the younger guys, you know, showing Michael King, um, Debbie Garcia. Uh, Clark Schmidt, obviously. Clark Schmidt, of course, who is disgusting still. I, I still stand by my statement. That man is disgusting. Um, and then Garrett Cole, really the only two from the actual rotation we've seen multiple times would be Garrett Cole and Jay Happ, who is looking especially whippy, is he not? Absolutely. And Jay Happ, he's in a, he's in a weird position because I'm still I'm unsure on what the Yankees want to do with him. I don't think they had any intention this season of allowing him to hit his vested interest uh, mark so that he doesn't come back in 2021. I don't think they had any intention of letting that happen, whether it was with phantom DL trips or he has a couple bad starts and they say, okay, Jay Happ, you're in the bullpen for the rest of time now and just bringing up Schmidt, Garcia, or King. Um, right. But, I mean, now we kind of need him. He's the fourth starter now, now that Luis Severino is down. And he does look really good. So, it's like, it wouldn't be the worst thing if we have him in 2021 for $17 million. I think he only has to hit 10 starts, which is not a lot. We don't have a lot of season, but 10 starts is is doable. Yeah, 10 starts or 61 and a third innings of work, which, honestly, every time that he does go out there, he typically gives – I think last year he was one of the only pitchers on the Yankees who hit six innings or more, more than 10 times. Like he had been out there a lot. Yeah. He, he, he knows how to work out there. He knows right. how to, he knows how to get ground balls, fly balls. I, I mean, he is a fly ball pitcher. So hopefully the juiced balls are, are down a little bit this year. Hopefully his whippiness gives him a little extra zip. Those, those home runs become foul balls. Right. Right. But, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it makes me so nervous because he's so old. I know, I know. I mean, honestly, Jay Happ, you know, I, I enjoy watching him pitch, and I feel like he's a great veteran presence out there. It's just, it's really hard when you've got so many supposed aces coming up through the system with some really great stuff and really – itching for that opportunity and it's like what do you do I mean it's a it's a really really tough position for both the Yankees and perhaps to be in because you know they obviously have changed things in terms of negotiating contracts for the coming years so I could definitely see him getting to 10 starts and I could definitely see him getting to 61 and a third innings Um, that is not even 
an issue to look at. And the other thing is he's always healthy. So it's not like you can really put him on the DL. Yeah, you can pencil him in every five days and it'll be totally right. fine. Right. IL, sorry. No, I don't know. But who do you want in a playoff game, though? Do you want Jordan Montgomery, the young guy who's got better stuff, I think? Or do you want Jay Happ, the crafty veteran who could easily give up four home runs and get run out of the game in the third inning? I just, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like in that opportunity, it's like I said, it's hard. You, you don't want to necessarily put an entire game on the back of such a young guy who has no experience. Um, you know, he, I don't know, man. I mean, honestly, I would say when that, we cross that bridge when it comes to it, but we do a great job of looking at these situations and making the most absurd situations. And then who knows, it might just work itself out entirely. Yeah. I mean, we just, we just went to a playoff series with two of the most boring pitchers to watch pitch. I mean, I love Jordan Montgomery, but watching him pitch is like watching paint dry. If you're not psychopaths who are like, Oh, like that pitch sequencing, look, he wasted this one here and then went here. Like, I really love that the way he like pitches around literally everybody, but somehow still gets outs. But I'm also I mean, thinking, in terms of our podcast, should we just change our name to the uh, the Bleacher Psychos? Because Bleacher Psychos, we might have to because I feel like we've referenced us being psychos for the last two months. That is something that is just continuously popping up in conversation all the time. Just just a side note, I just I had to say. Yeah, and let's be real. If you're listening to this podcast, you are a psycho. You have delved deep into the land of Yankees podcasts and you have found us and you said, you know what? These two psychos, these are my people. And we appreciate that, but you know, seek help. Yeah, exactly. I I think that's a good idea for all of us to be completely honest. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we are so close to having baseball start back up again and it is so exciting, so nerve wracking it's just there's so much going on at the moment, and we have no idea what to expect. This is going to be an absolute roller coaster of a season because it could last 10 games. It could last five games. It could be non-existent at all. It could be one game. What if that's the one game we get to see? I mean, Cole Scherzer, that's a hell of a game to get to see. Right? Right. I, you know what, as long as I get to see that, I will be content. Of course, I would love to get through the whole season, as weird as it may be, get to the playoffs, you know, see what's all about. But I guarantee you that something's going to happen. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. There are, and let's not pretend like this isn't, coronavirus isn't going to wait once the season starts. It's like, whatever. We could very well lose two or three key players to coronavirus within the first three weeks. Now they can also, if I correct me if I'm wrong, they can opt out any time that they want. Is that correct? Yes, they can opt out any time, but they can't come back if they've opted out. Okay. Yep. So, so I mean, that's also something to consider too. You know, if if things start to get bad and people are starting to test positive, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some of maybe you know, maybe some of the players just opt out of that. Didi Gregorius could be one. I saw today Didi Gregorius has a, a kidney condition and he's oh. being super careful. He's wearing his masks. He feels like MLB's protocols are safe enough for him to continue playing. 
But if everybody starts getting coronavirus in the league, if you're D.D. Gregorius, you got to take a step back and think, I don't know, I'm pretty high risk and everyone around me is getting coronavirus. Maybe it's just not worth it. I'm sad. Yeah. So we Aww. love D.D. here. Oh, no. I didn't know that. I did, uh, I did as of today. I didn't know this before today, but then I saw a tweet and I believed it because all tweets are true. Yeah, um, that's that's also accurate yeah of yeah. course also side note on dd gregorius you know how he learned how to play piano when he had tommy john surgery correct you know what he did this year hmm. he became a tattoo artist that just man is casually just, i think we can easily say that man is the most talented mlb player because he's, he's fantastic i mean he, he learns yeah, he learns photography one off season. He learns photo editing one off season, video editing one off season, piano one off season when he has a lot of time on his hands because he can't shoes. play. Yeah, and then it's just like, yeah, yeah the shoe art, uh, which by the way, MLB is so dumb for not allowing custom cleats. Do you know how much money there are in custom cleats? I would buy so many. I don't even play anymore. <laughs> what am I going to do? With, yeah, what am I going to do with custom cleats? Today's vacuum day. Let me put on my Didi Gregorius tweet. Yeah, I'm just going to go for a walk in the park wearing cleats. People are going to be like, oh, that guy must be heading to like a softball game or something. I'm like, no, just go for a stroll. Just casual. Just casual. Yeah. Huh. Well, I didn't know that about Didi. Um, all of the things. I mean, I knew that he was very talented, but I'm just, I'm so impressed. That's awesome. What? I got a cool update. Me too. Oh my gosh. Yep. You want to say it first? Yes, DJ LeMahieu is expected to rejoin the Yankees this week. Let's go. He beat coronavirus. We obviously have a cure now because he's a robot. Oh, he has computed sure. how to beat it. For sure. Oh, now I'm just reading all the tweet uh, or the Twitter updates. So, yes, if you consider yourself, like us, a psychopath, you have to get notifications from very certain writers and MLB people and Yankees people. And let me tell you how glorious it is to know this stuff right away because if we were not on this podcast and we did not have these notifications, we would have missed it. We would have missed it. And then we would have done all this. And then we would have been like, Oh, let's see what happened. And then we would have been like, Oh no, missed opportunity. So do it. If you haven't put notifications on your phone from certain Twitter accounts, you should. Absolutely. And then you'll get notified about everything. Then you can start your own podcast. And then when you finish recording, uh, you'll get a super important notification and you'll have to wait till next week to talk about it, which is obviously what's going to happen today because it happens literally every week. But as far as DJ LeMahieu goes, when are we thinking he might actually return? Because, I mean, he's obviously not just going to jump in without taking any batting at all. So when are we thinking, how much time do we think a robot needs to get ready for the season? Well, he has to recharge. He has to oil up. He probably has to have an oil change, to be completely honest. But he could have done that when he was kind of in quarantine or, you know, um, living in his charging cell. So, yeah, he just replaced know. his batteries, got his oil changed. Like, yeah. he's probably in the best shape of his life right now. For sure. Yeah. So, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he joins by at least Friday, um, at least for some practice, you know, just be like, yep, I need three swings and then I'm back into it. And then he's back into the moment of, you know, hitting game tying home runs again. Yeah. My, my eye robots just need to calibrate timing one more time. Just mm -hmm. throw Garrett Cole in there. If I hit four home runs, then I know I'm, I'm ready to go. 
Yeah. You know what? That just reminds me of that. Um, this is sports. I love the, this is sports center commercials. They're always been my favorite thing. Oh, those like, are, those were classic. Just classic. Reminds me of the one with Albert Pujols with the machine. Oh, he's yeah. like in, you know, you see through his eyes and it's like, you know, like analyzing everything. And yeah, that's what I feel like is DJ LeMahieu, the Terminator. You know what doesn't get enough attention about Albert Pujols? Huh. He is definitely way older than he said he was. Like he, he looks like he's 50. That's been like a long time conspiracy theory that he's actually a lot older than he says he is. But I feel like nobody's legitimately addressed that. Like no one's ever looked into it. That's just like a, you believe this or you don't like, we're not going to look for any proof. He's still playing. Yeah. He's still with the angels. Oh my God. Right. And he looks like he's 50. He's not even ready to talk about retirement. No, he wants to hit his milestones. He's a machine. He wants to win in LA. He wants to, he wants to be there when Mike Trout wins his first title. Um, so that people down the road can say, yeah, well, he had Albert Pujols, so it doesn't really count. You don't get my Hall of Fame vote. Oh, man. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. And the fact that he's still not ready to talk about retirement. Oh, man. Good 40. for him, I guess. I mean, he's, he's not really that good anymore, but good for him. He's 40. Yeah, according to him. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. He says he's 40. We'll see what actually happens this year. It's like, it reminds me of that thing from Benchwarmers with the I am 12 birth certificate. Like that is the thing it reminds me of. Yeah. Just slide five bucks in there and be like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good to be drafted right now, guys. Sign me. But if he's a robot, he probably doesn't know his own age anyway. That's fair. But I think he's probably a less advanced robot because he was a robot a long time ago. Now we're looking at DJ LeMayhew and we're being like, I think DJ's robot can play until 60 at least and just not even show any signs of slowing down. He had the advantage of like 15 more years of technological advancements. No, he definitely did. You're right. But maybe Albert Pujols can, you know, learn a thing or two about his wiring from DJ. So that could be absolutely. All right. What else we got? Um, let's see. Aaron judge. We talked about him. Talked about Jomo a little bit. I, still call him jomo instead of gumby because you know it just sounds better mm, i love gumby i love monty more monty's the one i go with jomo i'm not really sure it makes him sound like a jonas brother i know that's why i love it so <laughs> jomo um starting pitchers the relievers being very pissed off at the new uh extra inning rule that's that's what i have we talked about glaber torres being the most adorable human being just just a freaking cutie pie like so cute um i'm just gonna see what else is is popping up on twitter here because i have something here uh i was just checking our reviews to tell people to give us reviews this week i wanted to see how many we already had and our last review which was a five-star review so thank you to matt uh apparently we have beef we have beef yeah we have beef with someone who gave us a five-star review Said it's it's Matt Hillman, founder from Rightfield Bleachers, RF149, Oakland A's, and we have a rivalry with Cleveland Indians and Boston Red Sox too. So I think that's like a four-way rivalry. We just got beef all around. Like, damn, Matt. Wow, that's uh, mm, I've never heard that one before. Okay. Oh my God! If you want to have beef with us, just jump in the jump in the reviews. Leave us five stars, of course. 
All you gotta do is ask. We'll give you the beef. If we don't feel like it's beef appropriate, we'll give you the chicken. Absolutely. Yeah, we almost had beef with with Emily Nyman this week. But, our but favorite. It's just the chicken. Just the, just chicken. the chicken now. Yeah, she's yeah. trying to steal Max from us. Max, our official stats genius. We love Max here. She's trying to steal Max from us, but we worked it out. We're gonna share them. Yeah, exactly. I, I think this is an appropriate way to go about it. We don't want to go into any custody battles. We don't want to go to court. Nothing like this is worth it. No offense, um, Max, but you know, it's not worth it. Fair enough. Okay. Leave us five stars. I don't think we have anything else, right? No, no, we are good because baseball is coming back and we're just going to have so much more to talk about and series and all that fun stuff. Oh, I can't wait to do series reviews and previews and oh, let's go. Oh man. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive in coronavirus land when major league baseball finally comes back. Um, Also fuck Florida. Just going to throw that out at the end of the podcast there. Uh, they opened Disney World this week while they lead the world, not the country, the world in coronavirus cases per day. Uh, no, so I Florida sucks. Else. I have something else. And it is about Florida. Okay. Yes. All right. So I <clears throat> wrote a tweet a while ago when Masahiro Tanaka went back to his home country because he was afraid of coronavirus. However, he also confirmed this past week that one of the big reasons he went is because there were multiple incidents in the state of Florida that made him and his family afraid. And that is not cool. Unacceptable. Not okay. And just makes me so irrationally angry. Yeah. I mean, you're a piece of shit. If you, if you even think those things in the back of your mind, we're not going to say them out loud because we all know what we're talking about, but then to, to go out and say it to anyone and then to go out and say it to Masahiro Tanaka, maybe one of the nicest people of all time, we got beef, Florida. I will end you. I will cut you off from the rest of the United States like Bugs Bunny. That is just ridiculous. I mean, and the fact that we had to hear it from Tanaka. Like, I kind of knew what he was alluding to in the beginning, but I was like, eh, he didn't specifically say anything. So I was like, okay, let it slide. But just the fact that that was a factor in him literally leaving. The whole country. The whole country just so that he could feel safe again is just it's, it's disgusting it's disgusting so yes i just had to mention that too okay new new five-star review ask leave us a five-star review tell us why you fucking hate florida yeah yeah absolutely do it. all that'll wrap it up for this week then uh next week when we speak it will be the day before opening day <laughs> so, exciting. so exciting um yes so Farewell, everyone. I hope you all have a wonderful evening, except for Florida. Except for Florida. All right. See you next week. Okay. Peace out.